Rolling. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Best Boys of Film Podcast. An amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buff is buffs, and the cringe is bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer, Corey. Hit Cavish. Or with, with a story. Or with a story. I forgot. I, I didn't mean to start, start it, but it's, it worked. It worked. <laughs> I got no, it. So I'm whatever you want me to be. Your core I with a story you. with a K, um, for now at least, and for cool. uh, K for cool. And uh, yeah, we're here. This is an exciting episode. I've been this one's been circled on the calendar for months. Big it's, time. It's honestly setting off, setting off move movie season, like new movie season. Yeah, this is the first big release the of the last couple months that I've genuinely been like, I can't wait to see this. Um, so this is a big day for me. There's for, so many, oh. so many movies coming out. Sorry, so many movies coming out that uh, like can't even fit them all in in our busy schedules. It's true. It's getting tough. The 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 pickings are getting slim. The people demand our opinions, and there's only two of us. Yeah, there's only so many, so many, uh, you know, Hours. bros. So many bros. <laughs> um, but here we are with, uh, we got our still suits on. We're well hydrated. So we're yep. heading out into the desert. And Can't wait for my body to filter and absorb my, my urine and my, fecal matter yeah, back into my pee pee, my poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, can't wait to drink my pee pee. And poo poo. Yeah, I hope you guys are thirsty. So, because <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be dry out there on this one. It's gonna be it's dry in the desert. It's gonna be dry in that desert. Oh yeah, the thirst. Mm. So uh, yeah, Dune. We have. I guess we should start this off with a little introduction of our personal histories with the film. I think I believe we touched upon it at the end of the last episode. Um, but if mm. you want to. Uh, our father is really into Dune, um, and yeah. he he you know he he's my dad has a very eclectic taste. Uh, that is the easiest way to describe it. He he randomly will be into some you know highbrow shit. He'll be into some lowbrow shit. He'll be into some. He'll give anything country of origin a try. Um, yeah, to, to he's put into it pl- uh, like <laughs> to put it plainly, he's watched everything on Netflix. Everything. Doesn't matter what it is. Every region. anything, yeah. He, he he'll watch anything. It. He'll watch <laughs> anything. Um, and no matter how trash, or even if it's good. Uh, honestly, I can credit my dad for exposing me to a lot of. Even though I wouldn't consider dad a nerd in any respect, he's exposed no. me to to video games. He's exposed mm-hmm. me to anime. He's the yep. one who exposed me to um weird, you know, weird artsy shit. Um, or uh, just because of that. You know, that's what he's into. Dune is an example of one of these things. Yeah, uh, he's into the books actually. Yeah, say, the, he's read a, a lot. He's he has read all of them, the whole series, as well as the um. I think the guy, Frank Herbert's son uh, picks up and does more after his death. Dad's read those, mm-hmm. um, and I even have Dad's original copy, which I've actually started rereading since uh, our watch 
of these films. Interesting. I'm hooked. Isn't that like 900 pages? No, it's not that long. I forget no, how many pages reading. it is, but it's not nine. It's it's not 900 pages. It's a bunch of. It's a whole. Uh, it's a series though, so like it's not short. Interesting. I, was, I would say uh, it's I shorter. Into... It was, I think it's shorter than uh, the first song, Ice and Fire. Interesting, because I was doing research in, uh, into this. I was reading um, that the original book was a collection of like monthly short stories that was then rearranged and adapted into a, like a huge book that en- that debuted at like nine hundred pages or something. Oh, I didn't read that um, at all. <clears throat> but also, it could just be the si- physical size of the book. If it's a smaller book, it'll be more pages. The original um, book, um, written by Frank Herbert, uh, came out in 1965, and this is, um, you know, um, a wave of science fiction came came in the 60s. Late uh, 60s was a 2001: A Space Odyssey, which kind of launched everything into the 70s, which is why they wanted to adapt Dune. I feel like Dune. I see a lot of parallels with the Song and Ice and Fire series. I know it's the second time I brought it up, but I, I the theme like the some of the themes, so many things I think are influenced by this work. Um, Warhammer, mm. Warhammer Forty Thousand steals so much from Dune, and, and other things too, like Starship Troopers and um in mm. and even like Terminator and Star Wars and more pop pop culture, uh, sci fi, but uh. There's a lot. There's a rich world, um, and it's set up in a unique way. And it's it's like uh, you can tell that there's a um, people that the, the authors are, um, you know, students of history and and the world history and how things have you know ideas spread and 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 I, I believe the it's supposed to be Dune is supposed to intended to be a cautionary tale about charismatic leaders is what uh, a thing that I kept seeing that that comes up um and on its surface it does seem like a kind of stereotypical um savior hero's journey um but uh, it's it's not and that's one thing that this new the new film makes sure is clear versus the old film. It's there's a couple major uh and I'm trying I'm gonna we're gonna get go into each film individually uh first, but there's more a couple big choices uh of what it, how things are steered and how much is revealed from the beginning um in the uh, the new one versus the old one. Um the so is there anything that you want to talk about the universe or your exposure history to Dune before we get into the films? Uh, well, I was gonna say, um, speaking of our dad, to put it in perspective for some people, like you and I watched Akira when we were in elementary school. Uh, so yeah, that's a big uh, yeah the plunge of us just getting into this type of stuff. And Dune, if it was on in any capacity, it was on in the house, and uh, it very much holds a a dear place in my heart. Uh, for sure. So going into this, the original many times, we've probably seen the original at least double digit times before Mm. this. Yeah. Um, Um, but this time was, uh, it's been a long time since I've watched this. This has been at least 10, 15 years since I've seen it. The the last time though, probably been like five or five ish years for Mm. me. Um, I think when Uh, I was on my Lynch kick, um, I was on a Lynch kick and I think it gave me a reason mm. to watch it again. I have it on DVD. Nice, nice. That's that's uh, gonna be worth uh, its weight in gold someday. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, 
David uh, uh, David Lynch did the the old one, um, who we've featured on the show already a few times, um, or at least the one big main episode. Um, but this film is he disavows it, and uh, so it's kind of hard to to even lump into any of that. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, certain cuts of this film have his name replaced with uh, like a generic name because uh, he was just that like pissed off about it. I think yeah. there was like a TV cut version of it where they added an additional like half hour of like yeah un- yeah unfinished footage with unfinished effects, and it was just even worse than the theatrical cut. Uh, um, so he took his is uh, Alan Smithy is like the uh, is the fake name that directors use uh, back in the day if they didn't want their name to appear on something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll say let's save the Lynch talk for the for the Lynch film. That was that's my that's me. Let's uh, if we're good, then let's let's get into this new one. Um, Dune twenty twenty one, which is actually being colloquially referred to, I think a little bit as Dune. Part one, as what Denny uh, Villeneuve um, has indicated in a few interviews. Um, so we just saw Blade Runner 2049 last week. Is kind of a pseudo prep uh, for this, and I see uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, similar style stylistic threads um, in terms of like the coloring and the tones, um, and but. Um, this is definitely its own, it's its own thing. It's its own take on Dune. I don't think we've seen Dune, um, you know, portrayed in this way before, um, uh, and, you know, other iterations. Uh, but I think it really ca- encapsulated, uh, the vibe in this modern era, uh, the science, the styles of science fiction, um, of the mm-hmm. modern age. And obviously Denny, you know, doing Arrival and Blade Runner and, um, mm. multiple sci- big big science fiction films now three in a row mm. uh, three in a row really um you know what is that what do you think about all that the uh it's it's interesting he's uh, it's like um where ridley scott in the 80s was like your big sci-fi director between aliens and, and the original blade runner and such uh denny i feel like has taken the role of like uh the modern day sci-fi like director like uh but different than like a Spielberg, because where his is more family friendly stuff, this is more, um, I feel like is more about like the seriousness of the of the situations in the films and the more like human like uh, like human elements to it. Um, there, there, there's definitely like uh, there's definitely like <laughs> element uh, like um, a muted emotion. Of uh, yeah. of the at least the this and Blade Runner, um, mm. there it's very muted and they I think that's a, a stylistic through uh, a through line through both movies. Yeah, and even with Arrival too, it, it, you have that kind of too. Where a lot of uh, a lot of I feel like Amy Adams's um, uh, character like feelings and stuff are just shown visually with uh, with a lot of those like dreamy sequences where. Uh, she can't tell if it's like in back in time or in the the regular if they're just dreams or whatever. But um, this uh, this definitely, especially after watching Blade Runner, like solidified like in my opinion what his style is for these big sci-fi budgets. Because um, like if you uh, if you go back to movies like Prisoners and stuff, they're pretty dialogue heavy and it's it's a much smaller scale thing. But I think he's done a very good job in in trying to create these 
bigger worlds and have them feel like lived in and have them feel um like uh <clears throat> like uh, uh big scale that's what i'm trying to say uh there's a lot of movies a lot of things in both this and blade runner where uh, you really get the perspective of just how small the people are in this world and uh and just how vast uh the things can be and, and where uh, it almost makes the the main characters feel kind of insignificant to just what the entire world is around them, but we just happen to be following them in this moment. Um, less less with Dune because Dune is you know you have your um, your messiah or your mis- uh, figure in this one, so it's a little different. But um... so so I I like legitimately just be flat out. I love like this movie a lot and. <laughs> Uh, I like it. It, it. I think that the the biggest. Uh, I think it's given it a lot of room, and that's the a big thing about Blade Runner, as well as it has a lot of space. Like even though there's a lot happening, like I wouldn't mm-hmm. characterize either of the movies as uh, boring at all. There's action in every almost every scene, uh, especially mm-hmm. there's more action in Dune than I would say there is in Blade Runner. Um, Definitely. there is way less like standing and slow walking or whatever. Mm. Like there is that, there is that don't get me wrong, but what it, I think it's like this balance that's, uh, I think he's finding a balance that is much more even, um, composed compared to, um, Blade Runner there, the, um, the, uh, shit. No, I'm <laughs> the, uh, the, it's like how the, there's so many action scenes, multiple in a row. You got the 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 attack on the Atre- the Atreides base um, and and Arakeen, and then you have the like um, the the sandstorm escape, and they're stuck in the sandstorm and they're flying around, and then there's like the fight at the end between um, Jamis and and uh, and Paul. And like the yeah the escape thing and I don't know I feel like there was like shit happening constantly and I feel like it almost went out of its way to be like look at these we have multiple action set pieces oh yeah yeah mm. Duncan Idaho fighting the Sada car while they're escaping mm. with kinds um and the, the worm eating the uh, spice digging machine yeah like yeah that. yeah that that which that is much more expanded upon than i thought it was going to be um the the beats of the the film um was pretty uh i wasn't surprised after seeing the you know being familiar with the beginning of the story i've read the read the book probably once the whole way through but i've started it several times in my life so i'm very familiar with the lead up to you know, landing on Arrakis. Um, and, uh, so I, it was like pretty, I was surprised at how much of it was exactly the same as the, uh, and as the previous, uh, uh, previous incarnations, previous adaptations and the book itself. So like, there wasn't really a lot of issue with that. Um, it was just more like aesthetic stuff. Like this feels not that much, like aesthetically, this feels more like a modern, uh, film. I guess my one critique that I could have is that it just maybe doesn't really stand. Vis- the aesthetics don't stand out a ton from like other mm-hmm. modern sci-fi films beyond the like the Fremen. I think are one of the most unique parts about the film. The Fremen are the mm-hmm. coolest probably part about the film because it's like a, a cultural thing. But as far as the aesthetics, 
um, and whatnot. Like, and I like the still suits, and oh, I love the dragonfly ship. We were talking about the dragonfly ships. Um, interesting, uh, interesting. I think those are so cool. I'm surprised. I didn't, I thought everybody did, but um, it's more like the architecture <laughs> of the walls and like the other ships, the big ships that just mm. felt that felt like you know like Jupiter ascending or like all of the, these other modern uh, yeah. attempts at sci-fi epics. Um, mm. And it doesn't really early. Like, uh, there was that Chris Pratt one, like the Edge of Tomorrow or. Um, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise. Or, or tomorrow's Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's the one it's Chris Pratt's future movie that just came out that I don't even know. I know what you're talking about. I don't um, remember the yeah. name either, but I know what you're talking about. All right, I've <laughs> talked enough. About, I know, but what do you think about the aesthetics and and um, about you know the the style choices? So honestly, my only real complaints are with this movie because I think it's fantastic. It's just the aesthetic stuff. Some of the the and mainly just with the first half. Because the um, for like cinema uh, from a cinematography perspective, a lot of this first half of this movie is just people in rooms next to big windows with giant light pouring in, and I kind of it kind of feels like samey after a bit, um, especially after coming off of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, where all of the stuff with Jared Leto was just in a box with just a light on top, and I had that exact feeling of that same aesthetic where it was just like that future sleek aesthetic but this one definitely felt like it had more like egyptian inspiration with its design internally with um everything's felt more stone and sleek stone and slab rather than metal yeah i think that's that's the problem is i've seen that done several times yeah it like, felt safe it was safe um, like like design. i thought about and like a god damn i hate invoking this motherfucker <laughs> excuse me <laughs> but um uh the, the superman Superman Returns, aesthetic of the ship, inside of the ship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or like Kryptonian stuff. Um, it kind of reminded me of that. It kind of reminded me, like I said, Jupiter Ascending. Like, and I, mm. I don't think the aesthetics of any of those movies um, are bad. Even though like the movies might be bad. It's not like I have an mm. issue with how they made the ship. It's the, more so that it feels like it might date, date it a little bit. And that is yeah. my only worry. And it's not even that I don't like it. It's just that I feel like I have seen this and um mm. and I'm afraid that it'll date it to the twenty tens. Though the the latter half of the twenty tens. Um yeah. rather than stand out on its own visually, uh, which is like Dune I think with other other incarnations and we'll get into that, you know, the comparison of the aesthetics and the other uh adaptations. Um, mm. they there is something that, that stands out a little bit more about about it. Um, I do yeah. I like I like it. I think it's fine. I don't think there's any. I don't really have an issue with. It. I don't think it looks bad or or ugly um, or anything like that. Um, but that is probably like, like getting this out of the way. Um, these are pretty much my only issues uh, with the film. Issue with the film at all. Um, I like what yes. You, I like what he did with uh, the story. I like what they did with um, the characters. I think a lot of the performances and castings better, but not all of them. I have a couple characters. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get it where you're going to get into. Um, but I uh, largely have no problems um, with uh, with really uh, the movie. And the, I think the biggest thing about this is it is paced, in my opinion, very well. Like I said, the letting being able to let the scenes breathe, but also have at least like action 
um, these peaks and valleys of action and these quiet moments of like figuring out what the fuck is going on and what do we where do we go next? Yeah, the uh, I like that. Um, you know, this is about ten minutes shorter than Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I felt like that helped a lot. Which ten minutes doesn't feel like a lot, but when you're pushing, you know, once you hit over two and a half hours, every five minutes feels like it could be a ten twenty minutes. Um, and I feel like that uh, that alone is it was a big help with this um, because of the pacing and everything. It felt nice. The only like slow quote unquote slow bits I would say is uh in the beginning where you're kind of just getting your exposition and your your world building see, see um, i like that what i think that that's the time that you like when else are you gonna do that it's like this is your immersion yeah. this is you are wading into the pool of the world mm. of dune and i liked seeing like honestly i could watch that first part over and over again just to pick out oh who's this what are these people like it's just the, mm. the spacing guild and um it's kind of like uh and like the the, the planet of caliban which is interesting the 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 choices uh on there versus uh the others um i think in the book mm. it's supposed to be rainy they talk about it being rainy um but uh this actually just brings me brings up the point I wanted to say is that this film is much more bright than mm. um, than I thought it was going to be. And I think it makes sense because they're on a desert. Deserts are bright. But even in the beginning, yeah. like the, the Trades planet of Caliban or Caladan, I don't remember what it's called. Um, but it is much more bright than I thought it was going to be for like a stormy sea kind of planet. Yeah, it's. It's like uh, like you can still see everything, but it still feels. I still feel think that that stuff lo- has that like darker, gritty, like muted color sci fi. It's still, it washed out. But, it's everything's washed out. Yeah, there's, it's washed yeah, there's out no, white like, and gray, and then yeah. washed out yellows, oranges, and tans. Yeah, the uh, and the only time I really feel like you get anything that's too dark is on those interiors where it's just the big window light, but everybody stands. But it's right still next like, to the a, and it's and so white. Things. The light is very so white. See. Yeah. Um, and that kind of goes back to just like, uh, you were saying it, it, uh, talking about this potentially dating it with the production design. And I, I feel like it was just something little, like all, all the sets, it was just like, uh, like you have, uh, Paul, uh, eating with his mother and like practicing the voice thing. Um, but it's just like a table and chairs and there's like nothing else in the room or like there's, uh, or like the hey, everything's room, very just, minimal. That's, that's, yeah, that, that's the other in. that I think that's what also, uh, makes me rem- it reminds me of other modern sci-fi stuff it's not it's the aesthetic yeah. and also how minimal everything is um like there's not a lot of shit whereas and i think it, like with the light and the dark i think about blade runner 2049 versus the old blade runner that was like one of the first things we pointed out is that the old blade runner is super dark and it makes it even dirtier grittier looking mm-hmm. whereas the new blade runner the lighting is much more bright and it's washed out just like this mm-hmm. but it's lit up it's much more lit up um which makes it cleaner feeling um yeah yeah, this movie is uh, and like that's this like with Blade the old Blade Runner, new Blade Runner, and then this, and um and the other, um is that that is another uh, contrast. And I let me I know I'm supposed to save this for the end, but it put like a, an appropriate point to talk about it. Um, uh, for sure, because the movie is very hard lit to up. Talk about it without, especially um, particularly with the light, the lighting. Um, mm, it is a yeah, there a stark difference. 
extremely lynch lynch ha likes to light things a certain way and obviously denny likes to light things a certain way uh he definitely is is settled into his sci-fi look with this film but um uh when you were bringing up casting as as far as casting goes i think that this movie was 100 perfectly or i should say 95 percent perfectly casted and i think this is going to be a hot take you're going to disagree with but i'm just not crazy about timothy chalamet still okay um, so I, I asked Riss. i was like <laughs> i asked Riss. I, I was like are you are you cool with timothy like did you think he's better than you know uh, obviously the comparison, but, but just on his own, did you, did, what did you think? And she's like, he was good. And like, just talking about how, um, Paul is very reserved and muted and he's like, his emotions are suppressed. Um, and that's mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Like everybody's are, but, but not, you know, some less more than others. And Paul and his mother are very, very suppressed. And then there's these moments where he lets it out when he screamed and his mom, like, get the fuck away from me. I can't remember what he said, but he screamed something at his mom, like straight up screamed. it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the most emotion. This kid, this character has given this whole film. Um, yeah. Other than maybe the training scene, but he was acting like a little punk. Uh, and Paul, I think, is supposed to be more of a punk. And he is. A, a, and, uh, and I think that this film is much more true to the book. Um, yeah. And um, and I think it's better. It's It will be better in the long run for it. Um, as someone who's uh, learned, who learned their Dune story more from the original film than from the book until later. Um, I appreciate that because there's so much more nuance in the story, um, and they kind of they kind of make that clear from the get go with when they're on the way to Arrakis and his mom is like, yeah, they've uh, made propaganda to like sow the seeds that you're this chosen one. You know, before we even get there, they've been doing it for a hundred years. Like they've been setting mm. up our arrival here for a hundred years. And it's going to ease our transition, you know, and whatnot. But also, um, it's like feeding into, you know, it, it, in other, like in the, in the other versions, you might think that Paul is just straight up a Messiah. He's a Jesus like character. He's going to save this planet and save the universe. And in actuality, um, you know, he might have these enhanced powers and he might be specially trained and groomed for this, this thing, this position. But, you know, in, in reality, it was all by design. It was all, um, you know, it's artificial. It is, you know, it is religion and these acts, uh, this act of, uh, of evolution. What do you want to call it? Evolution or, um, uh, you know, God, uh, doing something, you know, a divine intervention. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, it, you know, it is, it was crafted by these Benny Jesuits and, and others in this, uh, in power. Yeah. I was going to say, don't they, uh, they, they mention in the movie, but I don't know how deep they go into the book about the, the bloodline, uh, breeding that they do to potentially create. Yeah. The, yeah. The, what's good? The Kizwats Haderach. Quizots, uh, the Quizots Haderach. Quizots. Yeah. Um, or space Jesus. Space uh, Jesus. Yeah. 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 For those. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, 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 when I first saw the trailer, I thought it looked good, except for, I just, I, I felt Timmy, Timothy Chalamet was miscast. And now after seeing it, I, I don't feel as strongly as I did when I first saw the trailer, but I feel like this is just a slight, like he's a slightly worse version of K from Blade Runner. Cause they're both very reserved. They're both very 
minimal dialogue, but I think Ryan Gosling is has a way of delivering that emotion better. Than, Kay is a much different character, though. Kay is <laughs> that is true. Is a like Paul is a little more. Paul's younger, first of all. Paul yeah. is a teen, supposed to be. I think he might be like nine, like nineteen twenty or something in this. But he's in the book. He's fifteen. Um, and he's very, he's got immaturity about him, but he's also far beyond his years mm -hmm. and he's, you know, he's very strong and, um, formidable and, uh, you know, it's, it, what and whatnot. So he's got, like dealing mm -hmm. with the, 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 like being almost like a, a demi, uh, or a super person, but you know, I'm still growing and learning and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, and it's and like learn, finding the confidence in himself. And that's really what the story is about is, Paul finding the confidence in himself to, you know, take control of his destiny. Yeah. Um, it, you definitely see the, uh, the, the more, uh, I don't want to call it immaturity, but the more childlike stuff when he, in all the encounters with Duncan Idaho, uh, Jason Momo's character. Uh, yeah. You he's, it's like an older uh, brother. Yeah. Like he gets character. super giddy. Like, Oh, Duncan's here. Oh, even with like Gurney, even with Gurney in the, fi yeah. the training scene, it was just like, go play me a song. Would you? Why don't you play me a song? He's like, fuck you, dude. Um, yeah, eat, eat my knife. <laughs> um, speaking of the gunny, uh, the gunny scene, or gurney scene, sorry. Uh, how did you feel about the new shield style? Okay, uh, so I, um, oh, well, I, the new shield style was immediately disappointed. Not because it was bad, just because. Um, you wanted the box, the brown uh, paper yeah, bag? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted the, the PS1 hit boxes. Um, I like that too. I mean, I, that's, that's what I said. Riss hated, Riss hated the angular shields um, of the old one. She says it looked dumb. And uh, <laughs> it's like, I think I like them better still, but I could see it's just harder. To, it's hard to tell what's going on versus this is easy. To, it's just fighting. It's just, yeah. and like, that is a big thing. And there's a huge, we're going to talk about something later when we get to the Lynch film that um, he, Lynch made several changes with his movie that are not in the book and are not in this movie and, and, and won't be in the next movie. Um, and I think it's important to talk about those cause it's with those expectations. Cause I forgot. And then when we watched it, I'm like, wait, when's this coming up? Um, so let's is, go through the, about... well, I'm going to spoil it. No, 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 no. Spell the, I want to talk about the cast. I want to talk about the cast. Uh, yeah. so, Everything is perfectly casted, like we said. Everything. Um, and I, the only... I don't think I have a problem with any performances individually or otherwise. I think I kind of alluded that I did, but I was lying. What I think I had issues with is there's a particular character that I love that was barely used at all and was killed and maybe had like five lines in the whole film. And that is Piter DeVries, played by uh, Mr. Polka Dot himself. Polka dot yeah. man himself, David yeah. uh, Dust. Uh, I don't Dust Malchian. I don't. I always yeah, say I his name. Oh, good, because I, I think I always confuse his last name with a, a system of a down member, and I always say like Malakian. Darren, Darren Malakian. Malakian. Yeah, yeah, yeah Darren Malakian <laughs> or something. Um, so pardon, but uh, you love him as an actor. I was excited because Piter is my fate, one of my favorite characters in the whole thing, and uh, yeah. I didn't like it, and honestly, one of my other biggest gripes... This isn't a big gripe, but I really didn't like that they 
barely I would I wanted more exposition about the Mentats. They didn't explain what the Mentats are at all. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Not, they didn't say, say what them, they are. They just have their eyes roll to the back of the head when they're like looking shit. They're up doing their compute yeah, computations, their calculations or whatever. And uh yeah. and Piter is gone and not gonna come back. And Thufir, I imagine, will come back because he didn't like we didn't see him die or anything. Mm. But uh um uh, I was really, I loved the new Thufir. Love the new Thufir yes. Hawat. Um, so cool. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, I think, yeah, I don't know if he's from Pittsburgh, but he's in uh, um, some August Wilson plays, apparently. Um, oh, he's interesting. A, yeah, who's from, he's a uh, player, longtime playwright from Pittsburgh, um, legendary. And um, so I was, su nice. I was super excited for the performance. And um, I think that. Uh, uh yeah I, I loved the style and i loved um the whole thing i wanted more of them i wanted more through fear and i wanted more Piter. agreed agreed i wanted more mentats in general um, that whole um that whole like um that trio of dr huey um through fear and gurney i feel like we're a lot cut back in in this one uh versus the other and i kind of want especially with dr huey not that i care about the character that much but it just he doesn't have a lot of screen time in this one and so whenever he he you know turns heel at one point it just kind of isn't very impactful i guess because you you he doesn't he's not set up to be anybody he has, that a, you he has are, like are a like couple forever. he has like a scene with each of the the main characters mm. um yeah but he, they're very short he has more scenes though than like Thufir does um but uh i i think that his death was very unceremonious uh and uh was like kind of like oh i killed your wife you're dead it's over. Yeah. <laughs> uh it just didn't seem like a big deal where whereas in uh it's it's very much a big moment in other uh you know versions of the of Dune. So yeah. the, 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 I think that those aren't those aren't things that made me mad and it's just I expected it to go to be one way and it wasn't that way. Mm. Um also the character the shit out mapes uh is a much small has a much smaller role um mm. in this one than she does in the book or in the other other uh, adaptations. Um, and I, I don't no, that didn't bother me though. I think that that some of that made sense. Um, it, I thought that they were going to be, I guess to spend as much time as they did on the setup and the, before the attack. And I, but I thought mm -hmm. that it was actually, this was going to be mostly about Atreides, the Atreides setting up on Arrakis and trying to find the yeah. spies and trying to find the sabotage devices. And then in the battle, th that battle was going to be like the big, action set piece in the in the you know third act and then they were going to yeah. escape and then they were going to you know run away to the fremen and that was going to be the end of the movie and instead it happens about halfway through um the sabotage stuff kind of doesn't really they don't like you said we kind they kind of rush through it a little bit and yeah think, the like, hunter seeker scene was very like they didn't really describe like I the i don't want to compare it to the other meetings but they explain it a little bit more because of how i guess it uh, presented and how that movie presents its dialogue and its characters and stuff in this. It just felt like I thought you said the same it. thing though. He essentially said the same thing. He said what it does. Um, the, um, they said that it's from a spy. They made it like it was it, the same things basically happened. It was just a little quicker. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I the, didn't bring that up because I didn't have a problem with that. Um, sorry, go ahead. Um. Uh, what else was I gonna say? But the uh, the other thing was um, 
I felt like the battle was going to be bigger. I felt like the battle in this movie was very a lot more subdued, and it was less about the. I felt uh, big to me. It, it felt big to me. It just they didn't show it all. They kind of just like yeah, cut cut it halfway through, and we were left to not to like we don't we only know what Paul and Jessica know. Um, yeah, and uh, the uh, like I feel like the like Duke Idaho was most of the Duncan the main Idaho focused on that. Or, I'm sorry, Duke Duke. Yeah, Duncan Idaho was the main uh, focus of that stuff too because he's got an expanded role in this. Um, and you more get a little similar bit of to journey, his book, but... though, it's much more. He has a bigger role in the book than he does in the old. Yeah, movie. and I, I have not read the book, so to me, it's so. Uh, but that's. I mean, that's cool then, if it's because I think it works. I think that gives Timothy Chalamet, especially towards the end of the movie, more reason to, to like, be emotionally invested in it beyond because uh, he seemed to be closer with Duncan than anybody else. Um, yeah, he's supposed to be. He, he's uh, supposed to be closest with Duncan, but he's all he's close with Gurney as well, and and Thufir as well. Yeah. But but I think it's in that order. Yeah, um, but uh, I I did like though in this how the relationship between uh, Duke Leto and uh, Paul is in this is a lot more. It, it's they only get a few more scenes than than the other movie, but they uh, they use them very well, and you definitely have that like oscar isaac nails this of just that like responsible leader like loving father um and then in just like kind of you you definitely you feel that he is there he's not an absent thing whereas um and in the other movie it's it's the two barely really do anything other than just like this is just telling him just like this is what's happening and do uh, this. and then it's, it's more just him and his mom uh yeah, Alain Oscar. I think Oscar Isaac's in it just as is like yeah, a little. He's actually a little in it. He's in it more than I thought he was going to be, um, mm-hmm. and I was glad because he was really good. Um, mm-hmm. He was yeah, he was really great. But yeah, Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho steals the fucking show. Yeah, steals he's come the a long show. way as an actor. Um, honestly, this is the best role I've ever seen him in. Uh, this and uh, it is definitely playing to his wheelhouse. It's you know mm. fun broy military you know fighting guy and, and he's big and muscular you know that's this is what jason Momoa does but um they used they you know they used him to uh to a great end and mm. um loved his performance and uh i yeah he's a lot of them a lot more of the movie than i thought also um even though yeah i i just like oh all right he's gonna die here and then he didn't die and then i was like what what are they doing with him i was like this is cool as fuck and it just made me like him and the character even fucking more because it duncan idaho is a legend in this world like it's not just like he's he's paul's best friend you know older brother figure uh, one of his teachers um they obviously have a uh, they take multiple scenes to establish how close they are and you feel that um and uh so it's supposed to be a huge fucking deal when he dies and then you know it, it's the impact is is felt here and it's done right and i think that is one of the biggest uh uh, corrections uh, as long as like, i would say is with this along with the the pacing the um getting it more closely to the 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 novel which is um much more nuanced and then um this uh this kind of shit like with duncan idaho um and characters like that there's like just such an impact um mm. 
to to that moment and i think is done well same with all the stillgar stuff and that's who i'm going to talk about next stillgar perfectly casted the yep. fremen in general are handled so much better the fremen are actually developed in this one half of the movie have gotten so much development and like you know time and and like you care about them and you um and you 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 know you see them in a different light you know in the, the new the modern mm-hmm. age you know like the treaties are, are colonizers essentially to them um but all the harkonnen were before and it's like mm-hmm. the enemy my enemies my friend and um the whole scene where javier yeah javier bardum kills it so good and the scene mm-hmm. when he walks in and spits on the ground in front of the duke <laughs> and yeah. gurney freaks out who josh brolin is also perfectly casted um josh brolin it has the intensity i think that that uh was lacking from the the character in previous uh mm-hmm. performances um yeah, it's just a great. That was a great moment. It was probably one of my favorite moments in the movie. Um, it was like the one moment of levity. It was, it was in a Marvel movie where there's a joke every other scene. Like that was probably yeah. the only funny part of the whole movie, but it was so fucking good. Yeah, they had uh, there. Were, there was uh, all the all the stuff with uh, with uh, Duncan and Paul. The uh, there was at least a little. Uh, a bit of lovely sprinkle. It was in. light. Like, oh, looks yeah. like you, you've gained some weight. Like, it was oh, a moment really? of lightness. No, like, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a moment of lightness, but that was like, yeah, like, which that's, was nice. I think that's what you're supposed to get out of Duncan. Is like he has yeah. a relationship with Paul that's different than literally everyone else who is yeah. trying to train him and hone him, mm-hmm. and even Duncan's training him. But like they're they're actually friends. Um, yeah, and, and he's the only that. one in the movie that that Paul smiles at. Really, like uh, he's he's the only one that you get any emotion beyond you know, like deep thought and, uh, or anger or, you know, like, a more worrisome, you actually get some happiness and, and just something that, uh, you know, relates you to that. He's a kid, you know, he's still, he's still, he may, you know, he's, he's the son of a Duke. He's an heir and he's, uh, has all these visions. And he's, his mom is, uh, is, a Benny Jesuit, but he still is a kid and he still has friends and it's, it's, it does. So it's just done so well. Um, Mm-hmm. And I do like those are the parts that I think Timothy Chalamet like uh, stood out for were those kind of parts where it just it was nice seeing him. Um, it just felt more real. Just felt more being uh, being comfortable in a situation yeah. where a lot of the movie he's 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 uncomfortable and but intentionally so. I um, I really felt like he was trying to grapple with like. Like all this shit being thrust upon him, these this role. Not only are you going to be, you're a, you're the duke now, but you're also, um, you know, you're the only man who is a ben, essentially a a Bene Gesserit. You are also have Mentat level capabilities. You fight, you know, you have Atreides battle training. Like you are a bad motherfucker, and if you just need confidence in yourself. And, um, and you just like, you're so much, it's meant for you. And you like, you know, the moments of let's run away. I think Rebecca or lady Jessica played by Rebecca Ferguson at one point, um, it says, let's get off world. Like she just wants those Fremen to help them get off world. And Paul, you know, mm-hmm. realizing the he's really been dwelling on these visions he's been having. And I think we need to, once we can move on to the, the, the plot and the visions are really the core part of the film. 
the mm-hmm. like at first I thought, okay, visions cool. Here we go. we're gonna have some dream sequences. All right, but the visions are actually mean so much, um, so much, and they're and they're used in a way that I've really never seen it used before. Um, specifically, the vision of Jamas, where he sees him as a friend. Um, mm-hmm. He has visions also of Zendaya as of Chani. Um, as sometimes as a lover, as sometimes as a friend and a guide, sometimes as a you know so murders him, you know, kills him, mm. um, and it's and it really speaks to he has these visions, but they are not um, always reliable, and it's not always what's going to happen, and it might be you know this is another path that could be had, mm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that this is what is going to happen. Um, and ultimately yeah. is up to you to choose the path and choose the destiny, uh, cho- you know, take control. And, and then, and so in the end of the movie, when Paul f- has the, the honor f- fight with Jamis to, to have them accepted into the Fremen. And, uh, um, you know, we think that Jamis can't die. Like he's not going to die. Like, and Paul mm-hmm. thinks that also Paul's like, I can't kill you. You're in my future. I'm not. I can't yeah. kill you. You're a ha- friend to me. We are friends. He honestly f- almost acts like you know we like the that we are friends. And this Jamas guy is so fucking pissed off and insulted and and whatever. And they and they went fight and Paul wins and he in like and his mom says to Stilgar like he's never killed a man before. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not even just that he's never killed a man before because he's been training all of his life to kill a man. It's that. You know, I'm killing a a friend in another time, like in in of my future, a future friend, and I think there's so much power to that, and that's when I realized, like, though, fuck, like this movie is something else, like this is on something else mm. uh, than your average, you know, uh, than your average, and other adaptations and other kinds of sci-fi movies. You know, I hate time travel unless it is done and handled with respect, and I think this is cool. Cause it's not, it's more about, you know, premonitions and, and the whatnot. And he's not some infallible God that can like use his voice to crack open the ground. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, but he has something, you know, he has something and he's kind of grappling with that. Yeah. It's, um, it is cool to have the, um, oh God, I just lost it. Um, but uh, sorry, with the vision stuff, I I, uh, I like that it's kind of a uh, a subverting of a, of a different kind of expectation. Whereas, like in a lot of movies, you'll have um, you're you're expecting the twist to be something in the main thing, rather than uh, it be like yeah. The this vision, vision happens, where, like you're saying. The vi- when there's a vision, um, it usually happens in movies. Yeah. <laughs> so this was like this was I, that was very interesting with that. Uh, I I felt like from the way that they did the visions though i felt was was a little was cleaner and a little more uh simpler but still effective because of what it's shooting whereas uh and we'll talk in the next one I yeah i feel really like you can't resist uh, comparing i know i want to so bad just wait uh, just 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 say you said what you said and move on <laughs> but um but yeah but i did like though that when he first gets the spice when they're uh trying to rescue the people off of the 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 ships with the um when the sandworms going to eat the uh, the spice uh, harvester, uh, and that's his first like big whiff of spice all up in him. Oh yeah, starts- yeah that's something that that mm-hmm. is something that is much more elaborated on, and I think 
um, is an important part from the book. Because like the spite get coming to Arrakis is what triggers this change um, in him, and not only you know, and it's what these events is what turns him into a man. So there's like the coming of age, but also like they awaken his powers. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm always a big fan when it's used well of uh, of sound going out and it's just uh, just silence. Um, and the way that they brought that back in, where it was like a flash cut or like a, a jump cut between. Um, I'm sorry, not jump cut. A match cut between uh, uh, Paul on his knees and just by himself, and it's dead silent. And then everything comes back in, and it match cuts to uh, the. I can't remember if it was his dad or if it was. Um, uh, I don't think it was Duncan, but they grabbed Paul's shoulder and Wiggs was like, let's go, we gotta go, because, like, the worm's about to show up. And I I really like that, kind of, like, jump in it, because it very much felt how, in reality, where you're just zoned the fuck out, and it sometimes it just takes that physical thing of somebody bumping you, and you're just like, oh, like, jumps right back into it. Uh, I like that. I thought that was cool. Um, but, uh, I would yeah, have liked if they the... showed more physical spice, but I guess that that's the thing. Is yeah. like in Arrakis, it's, like, everywhere. It's in the air. Um, mm-hmm. so like, uh, that I get, uh, that's fine. Um, so, well, we're, we're going a little long on this, but I think it's necessary. Uh, just a couple things we haven't talked about yet that I think we should is what did you think about the Baron, uh, played by Stellan Skarsgård? Vladimir Harkonnen? Abs- absolutely. Uh, I have a que- I have a follow up question for you after this, but I absolutely love uh, this is Stellan Skarsgård, correct? Yes, uh, Stellan. Yes, the, 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 older the one. patriarch yeah. of the clan, the patriarch of the of the Skarsgård uh, house, House of Skarsgård. Yeah, House Skarsgård. Um, but yeah, oh my God, perfect casting, perfect casting, perfect prosthetics. Like it looks so good. I was a little sad that they toned down the uh, the the hamminess. But at the same time, but uh, at the same that's time, that's not how he is in the book. That's hammy. why he's not like that in the book. We'll get gotcha, to that. Gotcha. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love just the I, well, disappointed that there wasn't a lot of him in it. I, I feel like uh, his scenes are very, uh, you know, calculated to be to drip feed you to want more in the sequel. Like I feel like a lot of the the parts with the the Harkonnen, I definitely they're very feel like uh they like up for the sequel. They definitely want to make you want more. And yeah. uh I thought there was a lot of him. I just thought there wasn't a lot of Raban or any anyone else. Not a lot, but there yeah. was a, there was a good few scenes. It was just not a lot of Piter or Raban or and we don't even yeah. see Fade. Um which I thought I think is fine with the, the two parts to introduce them yeah. in the second half. Um just cuz um, there's a lot of characters. But um but yeah, the Baron doesn't cuz he doesn't really have his full scene to flex himself until the, they capture Lido, Duke Leto. Yeah, and then there's the dinner. The he's eating. Thing. Yeah, he's eating. Yeah. Uh, I love that everything scene, else by the way. Like, that is fucking it's good. So good. It's I think so it's way good. better. I Fuck. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, the, uh, but the 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 other ones, he's always obscured, whether it's like uh, like intentionally when you first see him, it's extremely wide shot. They be, uh, they're really just not showing you what he's like really nitty gritty looking like, or he's coming out of the mud bath. He's still obscured. Yeah, he's, he's fully behind na- the table. Naked. He's sitting and, behind uh, the table. Uh, yeah. He's, he's naked in the big steam cloud and you only see the side of his body in one of his fat rolls. And like, um, they're really like, it's because he only has a couple lines in each of those scenes, but then you get to that dinner scene thing. Uh, when, when they have the Duke, um, 
and he does the poison gas thing and it's so well and i love that they are minimalizing almost like in a horror movie the his levitating uh that he does it's very much that um that like new age uh sci-fi horror of just like long slow rise uh nothing it's just, like it's you're just, it's much more functional the levitation. It's not like a, a gag. It's it's yeah. uh it's more it seems like it's more because he's so fat he can't move. And, yeah. and not because it's visually really funny. Fat, fat um, man fly. Um, yeah, but was, it's very eerie. It adds it's creepy, to his yeah. Menacing. It's absolutely uh, creepy. He, he looks like a big baby. He's smooth. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's those, yeah, he's smooth and and like that's but he's the the character is supposed to be and very intelligent, sadistic, but uh, but not you know like a supervillain. Um, like he's mm-hmm. a real character. He's just uh, he lo- he wants to consume. Um, and he, mm-hmm. you know he wants to squeeze resources out of um, people and places and things. Uh, so I want to ask you: it's a big controversy just with myself. Um, how did you feel about the changing of the pronunciation from Harkonnen to Apparently, Harkonnen is also the official pronunciation. No. Um, yeah, that's the problem. These you everything you think is official was changed for for the 1984 movie. That's what I'm excited yeah. to get into. Um, a lot of what we I, were as your foundation for Dune is a lie, and that yeah. and it's it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But it, Harkonnen just sounds so much cooler. I think Harkonnen also sounds cooler, and I, it took me a little while to get used to it. I'm now, yeah. I now like both, but uh, I still had pre- I still say Harkonnen. Um, yeah, I will still say Harkonnen forever and always, always and forever. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, so I interesting tidbit. So do you remember the Killzone series on PlayStation? Yeah. Um, so the Hellgast. Uh, they were partly modeled off of 84's Dunes, Harkon- House of Harkonnen, House Harkonnen, uh, soldiers and such. But instead of being ginger, they you know made them bald and all that stuff. All of the Harkonnen in this movie look identical to the Hellgast from Killzone, which are all pale, bald, all yeah, black. Yeah, they're the definitely gas, a more modern. They look like um, they look like a more modern version. And I, I like, like uh, I like that they they differentiated the the Harkonnen troops from. The Sadakar a uh, much more, which in the, yeah. uh, like because uh, it's a big deal like that the Sadakar are there and helping because they're the Emperor's mm. troops. Um, yeah, and they're like elite these elite terror troops. Uh, I liked I liked the way that all the bad guy troops looked. I liked the way their yeah. armor and shit looked more than the like the Fremen's armor. Um, really, I don't know. Kind of in the Trades armor, battle armor. Like I think I like the bad guys mm. looking looks better. Yeah, that and the uh, the Sadakar armor looks super cool, like the white with the visors and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was gonna say was, was if you look up, uh, if you just look up the the Hellgas leader uh, in your spare time, it looks so close to uh, the Baron uh, like design, um, which is super cool because I love those game series. So I'm all about that. Give me that aesthetic all day. Um, 
but uh, yeah, he's God. He's so casted so well in this, even though he only has a handful of lines. It's just so visually all of the Harkonnen stuff. Did, is and the Batista perfect. is also really well casted. Oh, I was so like, good. Yeah, he's like probably the first guy I'd think of to play Raban. So, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't need to have a lot of lines because he just looks scary. Mm-hmm. And we see him yeah. deca- decapitate a few guys, and and that's that. Uh, now I love to see him outside of just Drax because you don't want to get guys like that typecasted as being just like your muscle bound like kind of dumb guy for for jokes um it's nice seeing him in uh, both of the even though there are smaller roles in these movies but blade runner in this one uh he doesn't so well he's 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 very good with uh like like less dialogue but being able to show more um through physical emotion uh but like hopefully keep seeing him more stuff um um, so I, I know we've been talking a lot about the male characters. I did want to shout out Stephen McKinley Han- Henderson is the name of the guy who plays through fear. We didn't say that earlier. Um, but with the female characters are all, all the great as well. Like I said, we did talk about Rebecca Ferguson, um, but I wanted to talk about, um, Dr. Kynes, uh, played by, um, uh, I lost, I lost it, but, uh, Dr. Kynes was, is also one of my favorite characters and she goes out in such a badass way. Um, yeah. Uh, versus the other movie and the other movie is a class is also a classic, but, um, she like the way she, there's like a worm. She brings a worm and she's going to ride it away or so she like brings, she has the tools. Like she's going to ride it and you're like, Oh shit, no way. Yeah. No way. <laughs> and like, we we're like putting it together. We see the, yeah. like, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? And, and then, and then the, the worms come in and then the, she gets caught. And a uh, Sharon Duncan Brewster is the name of the actress. I, uh, yeah, I was like, just about to say that. So she's on t- I know her from Doctor Who, and she's in a ton of uh, BBC stuff. Um, but uh, she, yeah, and then she starts pounding on the sand with the thumper, and she's like, "You guys, like, I only serve uh, Al Shalud, which is like the name of the <laughs> the big ass worm." And uh, so fucking cool. Mm. That was probably the, also up there with the spitting as my favorite moment yeah. in the movie. Yeah, I I was convinced. I was like, oh, they're they're doing worm riding this early. Like this is wow, it was I'm, so I'm cool. It sick. was such a little uh, a little glimpse uh, for mm-hmm. those in the know. And otherwise, it's just like, what is she? Fuck, is she gonna? What is she doing with the pools? These are climb. They look like uh, like rock climbing pools, and then, yeah, uh, they look really cool. <laughs> um, uh, I think. Oh. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, I wanted to talk about the score very quickly. And yeah, I a lot of people have, have been praising it. it. A lot of people have been praising it's, it. It is very good, but I thought that this was kind of funny um, because I, I had a note written down here that says, uh, Denny Villeneuve takes us back to Themyscira. Because once we get into the desert parts in the latter half of this movie, the the dramatic lamentation music starts oh playing, and it God. sounds so much like the Zack thank Snyder. God. Okay, uh, thank uh, God you said that because I forgot. <laughs> Oh, that man, for lamentation music is forever ruined for me because of the Snyder cut forever. <laughs> it is now a meme. This is that is another example of something that will date this movie. I think. Yeah. Is, and like people are it's, fucking sucking this this score off, and I think it's good. I think it is good. Um, I think it's good, it, but it didn't like um, blow, like people are like this is Hans Zimmer's best score ever. Um, I don't, I don't, and, uh, I, our best score in years or in like i i may that's why all right so just to, i we, we i don't think we've disclaimed this yet but we both watched this on hbo 
Um, and I, yeah. and I think that that is going to make a difference with the score. Um, I'm, I'm mm. always trying to make sure I can hear the dialogue, um, and the TV, you know, with, uh, the TV yeah. speakers. Um, so I really think that this, this is a movie and I wanted to actually talk about this in a segment, but this is a movie that I think would highly benefit from theater watching over watching at home for the sound as if even, and even, um, more so the, the, the fucking beautiful visuals yeah i i um i mean i watched it with surround sound at home but the uh definitely not going to give you like it's not the same like at a theater you're gonna get 9.1 surround sound it's and it's just gonna be fucking anus shivering shattering bass yeah. and all that quivering. it's just gonna be great quivering that was the trying to think um but having said that though man the uh, my 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 issue with the lamentation music isn't the fact that it's even in it it's just it, when it's in it it's loud like the you have that lady just yeah. screaming the lyrics she's like, <laughs> Yo, I, I, I like that, that it was, i like that it was loud that one time because it was just like it started just coming over everything and i don't know yeah it's just uh, Zack Snyder ruined it. If you can thank him. Don't thank me. Don't blame I, me. Uh, blame him. Because he. What if Denny was inspired? He, he did by it like it. ten. He did it about <laughs> ten times in the Snyder cut. Um. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that. That was the only thing I really noticed. But also, anyone who's, I mean, this is a good score. But if you're saying this is Hans Zimmer's best work, I mean, apparently you've never heard of a, a group called Toto. Yeah. All right. So with that, I think we should wrap up. Uh, I think we should wrap up. Uh, Dune twenty twenty one. What do you give a movie like this? I think just to also preface this, it's very hard to score this film without knowing what the second half is. Um. Yeah. Because and there's I, so much of the like the way they chose to end it on the on the note that they ended it. Um, in the, in the, what, you know, the structure that they have so far and like what is left out, like ha- is yeah. not, what is unresolved. It depends how they resolve some of this stuff, but what, as of right now, what would you, what would you say? Well, after I finished watching that, I texted you, um, <laughs> saying that, that um, I, if this, if the, it, I, I feel like this is a movie where I'm going to end up loving after the sequel, um, so I, it's kind of hard to be objective about not knowing what happens in the sequel and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, we know. We do know what happens. So, like, that's what I'm trying to yeah. also think about. Because it's like, because I, and I did, but I definitely like this more than Blade 2049. I gave that a four. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at a four and a half on this. I'm was... also at a four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to pull my mic away when I did that. <laughs> uh yeah i'm also at a four and a half i think this is a, a sci-fi great of our time i know a lot of people like blade runner but i think this is even better um mm. and then i think i think that 2049 is a probably a more cerebral film but as far as somebody who's really into like political history and world history and like um, civilizations and politics, you know, like I said, I just said politics. Uh, this is so, so up my alley. And yeah. so many of the things that I'm into have been on a really big Warhammer kick the last year, year or so. And Warhammer steals everything from Dune. Um, and, uh, and that's what I realized. And I'm just so excited to dive into this world and understand it. Um, 
Yeah. I am I am just so desperate for the sequel for this. And it's I not thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna to score it lower than that, honestly. Because No, I had I had a great I, time. It's just uh I, I, I it's I the Lynch movie is is inferior, but I like it more. And we'll get into why uh, when we. There get are into things it. I like more, and there are things that I like. Like when you're comparing a movie one to one, um, or like uh, especially when they're the same story. Like there's all I think there's always going to be choices that you're going to prefer in one and prefer in the other. Yeah, I think that's like there's no way you're going to be like this, you know, top to bottom. I like better. Um. But this is so yeah. yeah like, the let's talk about 1984. Dune. David Lynch's directed Dune. by David Lynch. Um. So I uh, like I, we gave a little preface earlier, but David Lynch refuses to talk about this in interviews. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want it associated with him. He. I think his name's still on it, but I think he's. But you. All, he's also um pretty good friends with the De Laurentiis's. Um. And uh, he kind of did it. I think as. Like it was like a favor for him because he was new, but it was also like a favor for them, and they helped him with movie after this. So obviously, they their relationship couldn't have been that bad um, if they yeah, were involved there, in Blue Velvet. Um, there is actually an interview. Uh, I was I was days talk. It, it's from a couple years ago of him talking about the whole situation, and it just kept coming down to. Uh, he said, well, first off, he said this is the movie that made him only take uh, do movies where he has final cut. Yes, uh, I've seen the same. I was going to say this, too. <clears throat> this is his only movie where he didn't have final cut. And in uh, most of the, the production woes and everything were just just came down to budget where they just didn't have enough money. They weren't able to fundraise anymore. And and then you also have the producer wanting to make it more like Star Wars and less like what Dune's supposed to be. Uh, and apparently the original cut of this movie was three and a half hours. Um, but then it was just a lot of studio interference. And they, uh, they when the, the producer and Lynch linked up for Blue Velvet, that, that was just that was what made the main reason why he agreed to work with them again is they offered him final cut from the get-go after dune flopped so hard um, he did this after he did the elephant man um yes. which was uh i think it's his only film that got a bunch of uh academy award uh shit i think it's his only film to win an academy or no it was only nominated it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Actor. So this is a claimed film. So it was basically he had his ticket to do a big-ass blockbuster, you know, mm-hmm. uh, film. And this we're in a post-Star Wars world. Uh, by the time Dune 1984 came out, we had already had Return of the Jedi. Um, and boy, if you compare the special effects of the Star Wars, even the first Star Wars, to mm-hmm. Dune... <laughs> It looks like Dune is a 70s movie, and it looks like Star Wars is is a way ahead of its fucking time. And I, I said this to my partner who I watched this with. Um, we have to keep in mind that Star Wars has been remastered a thousand times. And honestly, yeah. me, you and I, growing up in the 90s, have never truly seen the, orig- the original Star Wars that our, our dad saw in the theater, our parents saw in the theater. Yeah. We had the VHS trilogy, but even no, that was that remastered. was the '90s remaster. They added the CG yeah. uh, shit to it, um, and I'm yeah. sure we might have saw an earlier version before that. But even by that point, I think uh, so. That is something that that Star Wars has uh, revisionist history. But even comparing it to like television, like Star Trek, um, Star Trek: The Next Generation is only a couple years after this. 
uh um you know the the previous star trek star trek movies uh whatnot yeah. even in 2001 a space odyssey is we're fucking 12 years or we're like we're like two decades beyond it um this movie looks so dated uh, yeah it looks like it's from 1978 or something like that blade runner blade runner is 1982 <laughs> I was going to say two years older, but because they went with miniatures and did everything proper on a, uh, a similar budget or smaller budget, I think uh, it holds up so much better just because it's, I don't know who did the VFX for, for Lynch's Dune, but it's just, uh, if it came down to money, it's just, I don't, I don't know, but it's just, it's a lot of it's bad. Some of it I could, I think were, were his choices like the, with the navigators and the, the, mm. the space folding. You know, yeah. like that move, that all that shit looks very retro. Um, with like, uh, like uh, I don't know the how they do it, but with how they do the stars and there's like they're swirling and shit, all that looks very mm. retro, but it it works. Whereas yeah. my issues are more. Even the worm doesn't look. The worm could look better, but it doesn't look as bad as I thought it was going. It was going to look. My there's a the scene about in the middle of the film. Where Jessica and Paul are running uh, from the worm, and mm. they start falling on these rocks, and like yeah. there's a thing, there's a, it's all sets. This whole movie is on a set. Everything is on a set, and uh, and there, this fucking, this like thing falls down, and he rolls, and he keeps rolling down these these things on these on this set of rocks, and it looks like it is from a fucking. Uh, Mystery Science Theater, Ed Wood science movie, Ed Wood sci-fi movie. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 like on like that is like I just wanted. I think that is the biggest issues with the movie is the effects are very dated. Um, but on the and I'm gonna pass it back to you because I've been talking for a little bit. On the opposite side of that coin, the the set design. Some of the set design and the prop design, the costume designs are all fantastic. Are all oh, fucking hands amazing. Down. I've so l- good. I uh the still suits are I think you can see this the influence of the still suits on the modern still suits. They look for sure. Pretty similar. Um but uh but man, like the of uh, the Atreides uniforms and uh, the like the Harkonnens, so the soldiers, all the the Sardaukar and the Harkonnens, like mm-hmm. the like it's very Atomic Age sci-fi, but but it's also like it just works. Like they're wearing like yeah. these black hazmat suits with the windows on them and Gatling guns. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's retro future, but it works. Um, and then hundred percent. The Empire, it's very ornate. Everything's engraved. Um, super big influence on Warhammer's mm. Empire. Like, all these yeah. e- eagles and gold. Everything's gold. Um, very but, regal. Like, uh, like monarchy-era regal uh, look to it, I feel. Um, yeah. What? Uh, but so, like, what do you think about the, 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 the aesthetics? So forward-thinking, I think. Like, with a re- yeah. retro-future thing. Um, but at the same time... The also are very like dated with effects and some of the sets, I think being an ultimate, ultimate hindrance to the immersion Mm. of the film. I, uh, so I feel like it's, it's the biggest weak point of the production design because I absolutely love it. I love like the Benny Gesserit's, uh, they look great. Uh, Um, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, they look good. 
I love the design of the navigator in the opening scene of the movie. I think that that still to this day is creepy, but in a great way. I like the tank. Um, I don't think I like it. In yeah. the, I don't know if I like the space folding part, but the tank. That, yeah, it's like. a little cheesy. The ta- I'm referring to the tanks. Specifically. Yeah, the tank looks uh, cool as fuck. Super cool. Um, but the guild the, looks cool. I think this suffers from Lynch's lighting style of just throw light at everything. And because uh, it's more like a lot of these sets, especially in the Harkonnen room, the green room uh, and in the Harkonnen. Oh, uh, yeah. It looks like a TV. It's very set. much like a yeah, very much like a like a stage play or a TV set, like a like a sitcom set. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's I think the that, place that is that. Yeah, the Harkonnen room, because we see like two mm-hmm. rooms on this planet. Um, yeah, <laughs> we um, see a hallway and we see a room. Uh, they didn't even like they they didn't even put a roof on that set, and you can just see the stage lighting in the ceiling when he lev- like gets uh, levitates beyond the walls. Yeah, yeah, just, like, yeah. You could just tell that it's a set, and they were just like, all right, we'll just throw a ring of some tungsten lights up there, and it'll make it look like it's a, it's like a industrial. Yeah, yeah. I, and it were it doesn't um, like not work. It's just uh, like I like the, the gr- of- I love the green walls. It reminded me of old hosp like old hospital. Yeah. Um, like that that like not mint like a mint kind of green like scrubs i really yeah, like yeah. that and like i liked um i liked the way the harkonnens all look and i liked um mm. i like and i think i like the the pyramid that the trades were living in on arrakis like i yeah. think I, I looked more like an old pyramid rather than mm. a few space pyramid like the new one um yeah yeah <clears throat> i liked now the um sorry but i like how the uh the matte paintings, which were goes to what your retro talk was about some of the effects. Uh, I like those. Like this, when they do the space travel, and st- even though it's just like fading in a painting of a cylindrical ship coming into the uh, into to frame. That one on, I didn't uh, mind playing stuff. I like there that, was that one stuff, later though. I didn't um, like. Because you have all those like uh, the thin ships and they're all flying and docking in, and like that worked for me. For the, I, no, that it, looked fine. No, that looked stuff. fine. That looked fine. Um, the space folding for sure is a little cheesy when it's just like it's like grain it's just so grainy because it's like a lot of layers it's like you can tell that there's like a lot of transparency layers over top Mm. of each other so it's like it's very grainy and it it looks just not good uh it looks it's it's it doesn't look bad it's just like a style it's like a style thing um for sure uh, I just like ma- there. I was gonna say there's a matte painting later in the film where like you see the base uh, where the Harkonnens mm-hmm. control it, and you see the Emperor's like ship that's just a building essentially, and it's yeah. and, and it's like it looked. It reminded me of in the original Doom when you finish a level and you can see the whole the map of the the thing you're on and you're moving to the yeah, next yeah. building. That's what it looks like, and it just it didn't look it didn't look good. Um, it's just like this is a painting, yeah. but. <laughs> Uh, and this is, I feel like this is the part of this, there's this and the thing we should talk about next style wise, but this is, I think one of the better things though. Like as much as I think the sets look dated, the special effects look dated, like mm-hmm. the art style as a whole is mm-hmm. what carries this movie. Um, I, and then yeah. the, uh, so the moving on then the style thing that I think is make or break for a lot of people mm-hmm. is the inner dialogue voiceovers. And for it. me, I love them. I always love them. And now, though, this because watching it with someone, I made my partner. I asked, "Do you want to watch the new one or the old one first? And she's like, "Well, if you've seen the old one first, I'll watch the new one first, and then we can 
can you know we can compare our thoughts mm. and it was genius and she um uh, she thought that the voiceover was dumb because it was just the most basic exposition every time. Like, it was just, like, obvious. Like, anyone yeah. knows that. Like, but it mm. is, like, it doesn't need it. Like, there's so much exposition in the movie, but the inner dialogue is almost rarely something that's wor- about the world. It's almost always like, huh, I thought you would do that. Or, uh, yeah. you know, something like that. Like, uh um just something about the context of how they're feeling oh i would love to kill you all i yeah. see is an atreides i want to kill <laughs> uh, that line I, is stuck I like in my head that stuff though i like it too i like it too they present it with the whisper and so it, it is like to, to sh- this is inner monologue is whispers uh and having it do like be like that through a whisper um, it really just sells the, like to me, like how I'm doing when my own inner dialogue or monologue in my head, when I'm just thinking my thoughts in, in random things, you know, we all hear our own voice in our head with things. And it's very, and I know it is kind of just kind of like spelling out what's exactly happening, but apparently for the time, like the, with the test audience and stuff that this was very confusing. And so it like, I, whereas the, 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 the phoned in Harrison Ford dialogue for the, the theatrical Blade Runner is like awful. This to me well, works. This isn't, better. so this isn't the same <laughs> as that because they actually added in the princess rule in voiceover in the beginning. Yes. That's which I'd like, that is actually, I don't cause it's just exposition dump. Uh, that is the same. They the studio added that in, just like the yeah. studio added in the Blade Runner one and the, the theatrical mm. cut. Um, and uh, so like, I don't, I didn't uh, like. There's examples like that. This movie is just it suffers from a ton of exposition, but it needs mm. the exposition in order to tell the entire story because there's literally not enough time to tell yeah. it. Um, the second half this, of the movie is literally a montage. The whole, th- whole second half is a montage to the end, and, mm-hmm. and you get you get bites so you understand the, the you understand what's happening, and then mm-hmm. it's and then it's the end and it's over. Um. Uh. So that, I think that that's the issue. Like this, the mm-hmm. this movie needs to this movie Dune can't be one movie unless you're willing to make that movie three and a half four hours long and agreed that's why this new one is so important because they're finally giving someone the right the enough runway to do it mm. um so before i, I want to talk say, yeah go ahead go ahead i was gonna say um yeah with with uh the, the you know lynch's cut is two hours 17 minutes versus which is shorter than the new one by 15 minutes which is only half of the story to put in perspective if if those haven't seen the lynch film uh and it's essentially cramming four hours four and a half hours of movie or almost five hours of movie into two two hours 15 minutes and um i it doesn't yeah like you said i don't have any problems with the pacing or anything until you get to the fremen uh, like living Dude, with the Fremen. As soon as he meets the Fremen, it's the yeah. the the, the, it the off. <laughs> Fremen get no development. They're just like, okay, you're you're yeah. now our leader. <laughs> His love story with Chani gets no. They just start. They just go into a corner out of and nowhere and say, "I love you" to each other. Ma- yeah, and start making out, and then yep. it's just like, okay, cool. No I love story. Um, and then the 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 new movie. Uh, uh, I'll 
fuck it. The new movie doesn't really get to go into it at all. Chani's the love story. And yeah. Because it's purposely saving it for the second. Cause they're going to have time. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, this, well, that's the, the, I felt just no time. Cause Zendaya's all over the poster and none of the main marketing. Cause she's one of the bigger names on it. And she's only in the end. And, but and it's the vision. The, it's the, the visions. Vi- it's all she's in um, the visions. And I think that's why she's a big, she's an important theme in the movie. So it's yeah. like it's not like she it's not like Star Wars where they show uh, Captain Phasma and then Captain Phasma is literally yeah, in thirty scene. seconds of the movie. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's more about what she represents, I think. So I was fine with it. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Lynch Dune. Um, uh, yeah, I think that that sums about up. Great aesthetics. Great choices. I love the cast. Ex- I love Patrick Stewart, except for Patrick Stewart is not a good gurney. Like he's good. Patrick Stewart's <laughs> just good at at living and acting and being a human. Yeah. So like I'll like him any in anything. But if we're just going on what gurney should be, I think um that the new one is um, uh, a better version of that. You're so you're <laughs> telling me that gurney holding a pug going um, into battle easily the best part is, of the movie. Is is worse than Josh Brolin? The pug, the pugs, <laughs> the the pugs in general are hilarious. And there's like a bunch of dogs in the beginning part too. Mm. Um, yeah, the doggos definitely enhanced my, enhanced my feelings about it. Um, yeah, it was I, cool it's, though. But it's I... it's good. Uh, it's 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 entertaining. I think, and that's mm. it's got it's cool. But it, it just as a film and as a narrative, it's um, bad, uh, especially the second half. The first half's good. I don't have, like no issues with the first half. And as soon as you get to the second oh. half, it is just uh, okay. We're just it's like you should. It's obvious you should have made it a second movie when you do that. Yeah. Um, the uh, I wanted to ask you about the score for this one. Toto did the music. It's all the score is awesome. I like the score better. So probably. good. 100% like it better. It is that guitar, like big guitar at the end uh, with the orchestral thing. Yeah, with the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, the music's probably it, the best part, one of the best parts, also, the old one. But um, I was going to ask you, how did you feel about uh, can, the two different Pauls? How do you feel, Kyle McLaughlin versus timothy chalamet oh like- yeah let's open it up no more restrictions yeah. um i think kyle mclaughlin is good um and i think this is another like perfectly casted role for kyle mclaughlin kyle mclaughlin we and Riss talked about this too is like i don't even know if i think he's like the greatest actor ever you know greatest actor or anything but he lynch knows how to put him in really good roles um because yeah. he's like he's got a pre- he has a pretentious sophisticated soft soft boy vibe and um and that's he he nailed it's good for this role i think timothy is i think timothy is better and i think his character is better um but i think that paul uh, that kyle mclaughlin is really good too and i think if kyle mclaughlin would have got what timothy got then i think it, you know he would have been just as good at it or fine um, yeah, you have a lot of that like '80s cheese you got to get through as well. Um, with the, when you get to these '80s sci-fi movies, no, maybe cheese isn't, the, but it's like that uh, '80s style of sci-fi and character acting that was like how it was supposed to be back then because that was well. This is the sophistication. Was. The Atreides um, are all really like <clears throat> Thufir and and Leto <clears throat> and 
and uh, there's like this hmm. sophisticated aristocracy about arist- aristocrat yeah. class about them. And this movie, you like, still... you get that, but it's not nearly hmm. as like not everyone is British or or European. Yeah. Um. Um. And I feel well. I feel like with the newer Dune, you have realistic portrayals of just like uh, dialogue delivery and and how things would go there. Where like back in the eighties and most older movies too, you, when you have this kind of stuff, it's very much more like stage play acted where it's a lot, a little more over the top or a little more, um, like, uh, just, just bigger, or I, I guess is, would be the word. Um, I where, think it's largely, you know, there's, I think mostly though, like they're more subdued in the new movie, but I think that mo- a lot of the characters are pretty subdued in uh, at least on the Atreides side, um, and that I think is a great segue to talk about Har- and the uh, Vladimir Baron. Harkonnen, Baron Harkonnen in the uh, the old one. I love him, but he's all he, it yeah. is. He is a clown. He's essentially a clown. He has no motive in the movie. You just know that he doesn't like the Duke Leto. And that's yeah. all like, and like he, and he wants a uh, Dune back, but he's just like laughing <laughs> and he's floating around and screaming and laughing in a scene for like no reason. I know that Lynch is doing that on purpose. It's just like a less, um, realistic, uh, interpretation of the character and more like more comical and over the top versus yeah. the new one. And I think that. I like the old one and I have the actor's name written down, but I like the old one a lot. But uh, I I think that the new one is ultimately the 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 way to go. Yeah, I think for what the character is, um, based on just what I've read about the books and just like the lore, uh, I think the new one definitely nails that a lot. But having said that, I do enjoy because I think it's just supposed to be over the sanity. Like this guy is just completely unhinged, and even in the fact that he just like uh, when he has those um like uh sexual moments with uh like the the younger guy that they bring in where there's definitely like yeah he's just, like, well, he's, he, down, yeah like, he does have and, like, yeah he does sex servants mm, or slaves or whatever yeah um but then at the same time just pulling out heart plugs like there's not a care in the world yeah uh, he like gets off it's on just, it yeah it's very like uh maniacal but in a silly way um which i that i i feel like that's just lynch's that's, that's lynch uh when it comes to these kind of characters, but I like it though. I love the boils uh, look to it and how he's got the doctor that's just draining him, And there's just the thing of blood coming out and filling up. Uh, I thought that was super cool to just kind of like this. Not only is this man just like big and fat and has to levitate everywhere, but he's also just falling apart. And yes. Yeah, so, uh, okay. So that is a good segue to talk about the things that David Lynch added to the movie that are not in Dune. Number one, the boils and all the disease on the on the uh, Baron. Interesting. Um, number two, the weirding modules are not in the book um, at all. Really? They're, no, they're not a thing. So, okay, wow. let me explain to you the weirding modules because once you once you get what they did, it makes them less cool. So apparently, the weirding way in the Dune book is a martial art that the Benny Gesserit know, and it's like. Um, yeah, it's like Jedi fucking fighting. And mm-hmm. essentially Jedi fighting. And sh- they taught it to Paul, which is they're not allowed to do. So not only... That's what makes Paul special. Is he's not only trained in Atreides shit, he's trained in Mentat shit, and he's trained in Benny Gesserit fighting. And so he's this, like, ultimate voice. fucking fighter and the voice. So he's got... He's, he's ultimate shit. 
And uh, so when they go to the Fremen, that they defeat the Fremen in one-on-one -on -one combat, and then they then teach the Fremen the warriors how to fight. Though Paul teaches them since he knows all this fighting shit. And then they use that stuff, that style, to then conquer the universe. And the weirding way, so the weirding way is David Lynch's replace. The weirding module is David Lynch's replacement for it, and has nothing to do with the Benny Gesserit in the movie. And it is just, uh, and so David Lynch's quote is, "Nobody wanted to see kung fu on the desert." So instead, <laughs> instead we use instead they use these sound devices, which are creative, for, definitely creative. But I mean, yeah. thinking about movies of the modern age, literally everyone has martial arts fighting in it, um, mm -hmm. and I think that that that's something about the new movie that is so much better is that they can just have it be really fancy martial arts, you know? And like martial arts is a big part of this movie. That's so that's the other thing. They took out all the melee shit. All the melee combat is how this world fights. Cause the, sh the shields, the shield belts block would block bullets and projectiles because uh, they move okay. because they move fast. So the slow blade, the line, the slow blade penetrates the shield is supposed to illustrate to the audience that you have, that's why they melee fight is because you can control the speed and get through the shield versus uh, a bullet will be stopped by the shield. So I wanted to ask you about that too. I was, I had it in my nose. So you, uh, how you felt about you have all this technology in the world, but it's still fighting with swords versus the that's, old movie. The, the, um, that's how the books, but that's how the book is. Um, and that's the why they're that... always training. Do you notice in the training scene, it's like a melee training dummy, and they're doing melee shit, but then mm. all of a sudden he's doing the ah, uh, like he's doing yeah. the the weirding module gun, and uh, yeah, that's why. That's why it doesn't. It kind of doesn't make perfect sense in the movie if you think too much about it. Um, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. The, um, cause I, uh, I got confused cause the hunter seeker was still able, like at least in the old movie, I guess, uh, that was the old, the, the hunter seeker penetrated. Oh no, I guess the new movie too. Yeah. It penetrates the shield. Uh, but in it like zips at it fast. In the, in the old movie, he didn't have his shield belt. Mm -hmm. Um, Duncan Idaho gets gets, uh, okay. That's the, yeah, in the old movie. That's why it's, in, it is, um, it, that's a uh, it's in con what it's uh, in continuity, yeah. Because it's it's in it's not a consistent thing. Because the shield doesn't really do anything. What is the sh if it doesn't block a bullet and it can't block a blade? Then what does it do? It does nothing. Yeah. The shield does nothing in the David Lynch movie, whereas in the new one, it you know it can block can't block blades, but it can block projectiles. So that's the point gotcha. of it. Um, that's why they don't have they don't use guns as much in the in this world and i thought that was much better because that makes much more sense um mm. but i I, I thought about that with you i thought about the you it's like if Corey thinks that it's like if all he knows is the the weirding modules that that all the martial arts might be weird for him um you're thinking the, that, like, uh, why does there no guns there's so many guns in the old dune movie nobody mm. has guns yeah, I was wondering, um, mainly just about just thinking of like, when is the weirding modules and like, when is the weirding shit? And it doesn't get mentioned until the very end. Uh, yeah, because they Bardem mentioned is just like, oh, you you guys do in the weirding way. 
and then that's it. It's just like a throwaway line to just hint to where the next movie. Well, because it was after the yeah, because it's a martial arts style, which they didn't explain that for the to the to the audience who doesn't know Dune, they don't. They might mm. probably didn't even know what the fuck he was talking about. Um, yeah, because um, I didn't know. I just used to the modules, uh, which I think is like a like a kind of creative way. I think it's do. creative. I, I, I think it's like, creative. It's just um, not. It's inconsistent it with the themes of the, the actual book. book. Yeah, yeah. It was cool though that the the way they set it up was just like uh the Atreides are have been working on this in secret and then Paul just takes that tech and just gives it to the Fremen uh to because the Atreides army got wiped out essentially. Uh, I thought that was cool, but the speaking of the Fremen though. Well, no, they had to build like... their own. They didn't even have they didn't Oh, that's they, right. They yeah, had to, he... that's why it's like it, they had to build their own. And it was fine. Like it made sense for that. I, I don't care about that. I just think that the the martial arts thing makes much more sense when you understand the full picture of the thing. Like when you replace one piece, yeah. it makes the other pieces not as does not make as much sense. Like the shield belts. But um, I was going to say about the Fremen. Uh, I feel like in the Lynch one, because they're so Russian, I mean, it just feels like they're a remote tribe that's uncivilized and all that stuff. And yeah, you find like they find out that they have water reserves and stuff but this new one it definitely feels like they are the locals on the planet that are just happen to be letting them like harvest spice and they're just like don't fuck with us we won't fuck with you which i like more in the new movie um, well yeah they're like the it, secret it, they're the silent majority of this world yeah and i think that yeah mm-hmm. it's super cool so they're just like waiting biding their time to rise up and uh, take over the planet. So, oh yeah, here's another yeah. thing that was changed for the Doom, the Lynch Dune. That does not rain in the end of the book. If it rained on Arrakis, it would kill the worms, which they need yeah. for you know they they worship the worms. They wouldn't want them to die. And doesn't the worms produce the water life? Isn't water life like the burn the, or worm excrement? The water life they produce the water life, but they also the spice is worm poop. Oh, okay. I thought Water of Life was was worm. They're both excrement. are. They're. I think they oh. both are. I don't know if they're both excrement, but they both come from the worms. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, how it ends with that rain scene. I mean, it's it it it, it works for the. This is Jesus. This is space Jesus. Um, and that makes sense in that, but yeah, that's, uh, and well, that he's not supposed just... to be space Jesus <clears throat> in the, in the, well, like he's, it makes it more ambiguous if he doesn't yeah. do shit like that. It's not that he's not supposed to be space Jesus. It's just not supposed to be, he's obviously a God in it's your face, to, space Jesus. Yeah. It's supposed to be up for debate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the one, so uh, the one casted character is uh, while I'm remembering this that I think is better in the original than in the new one. And I know I complained about him earlier, but Brad Dorif's Piter is awesome and way better than, and he, cause he gets that little thing and he says the, mm. he says the thing they're supposed to say before they drink their shit. And, yeah. uh, I just, uh, I love him. Uh, he's a good, great character actor. He's, uh, he's in Deadwood. He's the doctor in Deadwood. He's so good. Um, uh, yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite character actors and, uh, this is my favorite role for him. And, uh, yeah, more fighter. Love, loved, loved his eyebrows. A lot of great eyebrows in the old Dune. Yeah. I can see why they did not. Eyebrows. That's from the book. The eyebrows and the stained lips are from the book and they did change that for the new one. Um, yeah. 
It's hard to take someone seriously when you're when you have they have Kool Aid uh, squirrel tails. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, squirrel tail eyebrows and Kool Aid lips. Do, yeah, I was gonna ask you. Did you think so? They made the Kool Aid lips instead, just a, like a little painted, like uh, yeah, line in the middle. Um, I was fine with it. I, mean, I thought it, it was it, fine. I think it makes it more aesthetic, <laughs> more visually pleasing than uh, mm-hmm. than Kool Aid lips. And, um, and and one of the, when you're doing a sleek sci-fi world, I don't think it's gonna having like you know just lips stained all the way down to here and wild yeah. eyebrows. Yeah, it's just not gonna play. I, I don't mean, that's think why so they made either. Them, they, made, they made them all hell gassed instead. Instead, no more gingers. Um, I, I yeah, they probably. I bet you they chose that because they didn't want to be like uh, offensive to to uh, like red haired people. Yeah, uh, or just like it's like you know why I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, mean, I just figured it just goes something that's just more. Um, what is it? Because everyone's got such pale white skin. It's uh, like um, there's no ethnicity in the in yeah. The the Baron is bald. The Baron is bald in the book, but I think uh, I think the ginger thing is a thing. But I, I honestly don't remember. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's about. I mean, so I let, we didn't score the old ones. Do you want to do that? Um, I'm gonna. I and I don't know if this is a hot digger, but I know it's an objectively bad film on a lot of accounts but for some reason i still think it holds up good and i've really had i watched this before the 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 new one and loved it i I walked away with just like this has just got so much style there was so much potentially here that if like if lynch had his way and and there had a budget or even if if you gave this production company enough of a budget to hire ilm to do the special effects at that time point in time i think this would have been a masterpiece yeah i think Uh, the art design with a better uh special effects company um would have gone a long way and it's i i'm the but I didn't look into the budget. I did want to talk about the budget 42 for the new million. one. Yeah, I love, like I don't know what that means for that time. Like I'd have to do research. That on would be what like Star Wars like, shit and ET and all this stuff. Yeah, forty two million would be like a mod like a modern day like twenty million dollar budget ish. Uh, so like blockbuster scale. Um, a new, modern get, day a new hopes were, budget is only eleven million dollars. Well, that was also an indie like production, uh, but that's so they, like, good. They, uh, I know, I know. Well, they pioneered uh, special effects for decades to come. They, uh, but uh, but even, yeah, Dune okay. had a very high budget. Empire Strikes Back is thirty and a half. Empire Strikes Back is only thirty and a half. That's less. And this, yeah, and this was higher. <laughs> and it's four that's, years earlier. Just... I want to look up Blade Runner, which I bet. It's two years ago. I want to think Blade Runner was thirty million, maybe. but yeah, you got it on the nose. Um, but with the new hmm. one, I wanted to talk about this because people are talking about like you know Doom twenty twenty one, like it's the new, um, like it's going to be the new big epic blockbuster. But the budget one sixty five million is still on the low side compared when you're comparing it to you know Marvel or or other franchise you know films. Yeah. I um, think uh, I so think it's good. I think they have to do that because this yeah you know, keep it the keep it alive. I think with Warner Brothers having so many risky flops on movies that they had a two hundred to two hundred fifty million dollar budget on from like Justice League or the Superman movies and stuff like that, I definitely feel like there is reserved. You can tell where the money was spent in this movie 
for the sole fact that I that all the interiors are just like empty rooms next to big windows, and but do they put that money where it counts with the special effects and the big like explosions and the set design, like or the costume design and stuff like that, like which I appreciate. Blade Runner's slide. Blade Runner's budget was about the same. <clears throat> People had to gotta, like it was a box office flop, but it made two hundred. It made uh, more you gotta, money. You have to double the you have to double the uh, budget for Mark. Well, then it's looking the at this, deal. so far, uh, Dune. I, I was reading an interview in a Warner Brothers exec, uh, or not Warner uh, they Brothers, already uh, the head of Warner Media. It. They said that it's happening no matter what. That Warner oh, I was Brothers. about to say, the, uh, the Warner Brothers, uh, the Warner Media CEO said that if Dune can clear $300 million at the box office, which wouldn't even break them even, he said, after marketing and everything, uh, but it would still be a win for them. They would consider it a win, and that would be enough for them to greenlight uh, 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 the sequel. Because they said the sequel's already in production. It, this was as of a week ago, but... Um, it's ri- that- I think it's ri- they're writing it. <laughs> That's all that's happening. Yeah, but if it the, the number that this movie needs to hit at the box office, Three hundred million for one. I'm, I'm looking at it after. now, and it's two twenty. It's at two twenty three point two. <clears throat> nice. I think I think it'll hit it then. It it, it came out on Thursday. It hasn't Thursday even been a week. So yeah. So this opening weekend, I think uh, it'll definitely hit that three hundred million. I, it's I'd say definitely, especially because the reception to this seems to be better than Blade Runner was. Um, I think this is. There's no way in hell this does. But no, yeah, but there's still the div- I still see a divide among normal people, like not normal, but average Joes. Um, but the it's definitely critically uh, praised, um, just as much as Blade Runner is. Um, yeah. But I definitely see more praise among normal people. I see more people engaging it. Honestly, I think yeah, I'm gonna I want to go see it in the theater only, also because I want to give it money directly and not just HBO through HBO because I want them to make more movies like this. And I want yeah. you know not just do movies, but you know more niche, I guess things. Mm. Um, I read this morning too that this uh, this it broke the record for the highest uh, stream, most or the highest number of streams on an HBO Max debut so far. Wow, um, that's over. The Wonder Wonder movies. That's With, over I think Sp- Zack Snyder's Justice League is in second. Yeah, place. Justice League, Space Jam, Mortal Kombat. I think there's one other hmm. one. The Suicide Squad. It should. Yeah, be there, I would think. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. So that's a big deal too, and because they're taking a lot of the because of the simultaneous release. It, that's I think that's why they're like even if it doesn't make its money back at the box office, it's because of the simultaneous digital release. Um. So I think having that in consideration, there's it, it's doing. I think it's performing great for people still not 100 percent going back to the movies, and the fact that it was on streaming on on day and date is theatrical. I think it's doing great uh, um, as far as like uh, money wise. Um. All right. Well, I we I, I we changed subjects before you gave your score for the. Old sorry. Thing. Sorry. And I didn't uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm giving it a four because I it just what? I know it's member berries. I really like it. Oh, I love so no. much about the world. No, no. I a three is I'm giving it a three. I mean, I think it's because it is entertaining and has a lot of good in it, but ultimately is not a good film. Um but uh so my uh love for it is you know, still puts it at a very uh watchable, entertaining uh position. Mm-hmm. So yes, three. I can't believe you're giving it only a half le- less than the new one. 
I and liked it so much. I had so much fun with it. It was mm-hmm. it's uh, it wasn't a hard watch. It, it was enjoyable for, uh, for me at least. Um, but, but I know that's no, like, it is enjoyable. It is enjoyable. It's just it's um, there's a lot more issues even than I remembered in previous watches this time because mm-hmm. uh, I was looking for it and uh, yeah. No, oh, but it's still still good, and I think if you're you're really hungry for more Dune after the new one, definitely watch the old one. Definitely, sure. definitely. Um, I would highly, highly recommend it. But all right, that wraps it up for the Dune episode. We went, we're going long this week. Um, any any oh, wow. f- anything we want to shout out? Make sure you like and subscribe to us and all the things. Giving us likes help us get seen in the by the you know the the AIs and algorithms and uh, you know and follows and all that and reviews. Whatever you're willing to do, help give us a helping hand. Tell a friend, neighbor, tell a friend, and we'll be back next week. I am in the process of remembering what we have next week there's nothing but new movie season a new movie season is going on um next week we have oh is our halloween special a halloween special yeah i was gonna say it's night of the living dead and, and we're um, gonna do all the living deads for george romero oh, that's it this is our only like when we we were gonna do this uh, originally and um but yeah we're still doing this um george romero and Pittsburgh Zone, and uh, we're gonna talk about some some spoops, some spoopies next week for Halloween. And as a as a quick bonus Halloween uh, tidbit, I saw Halloween Kills in theaters this past week, and it's god awful. Do not see it. And that is all. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Uh no the fact dude that is that line is said I, literally I, fifty times. I watched I watched the Riddler video <laughs> video about it. It's really funny. Yeah too. no it, like I watched it too. They're spot on. It is every other line in this fucking movie is <laughs> evil dies tonight. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like I, I I thought the last one sucked and I didn't think that you could do the the character any more of a disservice and it's just it's so dog shit. But uh, and right. that's coming from me and I like a lot of dog shit and it is. All right. It's well, bad. Speaking of dog shit, I'm getting hungry. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll see y'all next week with the Halloween episode. I think we should try to drop it a, uh, on Halloween. I realize if we drop it on Monday, it'll be the first. Um, so we'll try to get it out on the 31st. Um, so you can uh, yeah enjoy your festivities. But yeah, get to watching, get to watching them zombies, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. Bye. Uh, 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 uh.